All right, welcome everyone to today's live stream, The Struggle for Freedom, part one of the series from Falling into the Movement Traps from TylerBloyer.com. And this is a live stream happening on September 22nd, 2019. I want to thank you for joining me here. And uh, be sure to head over to tylerbloyer.com slash live and uh, check out the show there. Um, also, uh, just a reminder that we have a Discord server. I'll be sharing the screen here in a second. We'll go over that stuff. But you can also hop into the Discord uh, as a reminder. And you can listen to the show from there. And towards the end of the show, we'll be able to take live calls via the Discord server. So here we have that server. Um, this gives me the ability to bring guests on the show and have uh, conversations post presentation. And so again, while you're watching, you can jump in there, mute your mic, you'll be muted as you come in. Um, but then as the show wraps up the presentation portion of the show, uh, you'll be able to actually ask me a live question if you'd like to. Um, so that's that. And again, tylerblower.com slash live. You can come in here and, have, and watch uh, the conversations post-presentation. And so and you're also again, able to while you're watching, you can jump in here, there, mute your and mic, sign you'll up be muted to get come alerts um, to your inbox as the show important up the presentation out emails for every show but, uh, you'll be able to um, if you are interested in dropping me your email that's probably one of the best ways to stay in contact with my material over the long haul as the social platforms to me are more just like dressings on the front of the window I don't really care what we can change those out at any time and in fact I'm already on a lot of different social media channels um, and testing out like bit shoot steam it and uh, dtube minds.com so you know really i've never really been putting a lot of effort into trying to build some kind of social community or social platform that has a lot of outreach to people because i really don't care about that or that's not the intention of what i'm trying to do here anyhow so Hopefully everybody can hear me okay. Um, if you're in the chats, let me know. Give me a big thumbs up. Good to go. Green, you can hear me. That would be great. Uh, otherwise, let's jump right in today. So today's episode is the struggle for freedom. And this is something we've been building up to for a while with the, with the content and material to try to... Hold on one sec. So this uh, series I've been building on for a while to try to start to get into the actual series. So now this is the actual series of falling into the movement traps that we're going to get into. And that uh, will be something I'll unfold for the next long while. It's going to take a while to get through this series. Um, it might not be consistently every week where we do a, an episode on this series, but you know, if I bounce out around to other topics they will try to you know add surrounding information or add a different angle to the information 
as we go through it. Um, but again, this is an official start of the falling into the movement trap. So I'm super excited to deliver this today to everyone. Um, it's been something I've been working on for a while and uh, it's not something I just came up with overnight. <laughs> and it's a combination of actually a few presentations that over time kind of started to bleed into each other enough uh, that I just combined them and kind of kept building from there. And so my personal experience with this material is that I do have experience in a lot of the movements uh, that have gone on and that we'll be discussing in the future, specifically voluntarism, libertarianism, anarchism, uh, freedom movements, these types of things. I've been personally involved in, in these, these communities and talking and meeting with the actual people in these movements uh, in real life, not just online and doing a lot of like real life activities myself in these movements. And so it's something I have the ability to speak to out of personal experience and not just me, like from the outside looking in, trying to like come up with conclusions about things. Um, this is actual personal life experience and uh, personal evaluation of others around me. Um, and so a lot of what we're gonna be talking about today, again, I like to bring in greater minds than mine that have been uh, around on this planet. And luckily for us, there's a lot brighter people than me <laughs> out there. And uh, they've been here and there's a lot of solutions and, and uh, analysis that needs to be looked into. And some, the people that I bring on the show are authors I've read, uh, people's work that I've followed. Uh, if, there's, if they're people that do more like online work and podcasts and stuff like that, you know, I'm not just like cherry picking out. And sometimes there's a quote cherry picked, yes. And it's not like I've read, you know, everything Aristotle has ever said. Although, you know, that maybe that's going to be on the, on the roadmap one day. But so if I, you know, I'm not saying 100% statement for the most part, if you see repeat people coming up on the show, it's someone that I've read and looked into and really appreciate their work. And I'm trying to kind of leave clues that this is something that you should go do, you know, go torrent all of their work, not just watching a little YouTube video or taking one quote. But uh, these people's works are profound. And so this is really like an attribute to them as well. It's not necessarily about me and just my opinion. But the parts that I like to speak to are out of personal experience. And then we can see others are, are observing similar things. And it's not just me or it's not just Tyler here high up in the night trying to look for clues to something that's not there. Um, another thing that I think makes me unique among others or, well, unique among the, the herd, I guess. I guess in the, in the freedom movements, what I'm about to say is probably more of a standard or a rule. But I've had a series of events in my life that have occurred, um, which are somewhat like pulling the rug out events or a sudden disaster or things that have occurred to me that have caused me to lose everything, right? Basically what feels like losing it all and losing identity even and things that um, you thought were the case that ended up no longer being that way. And we're not, not now we're not just talking about movements, I mean, we're talking about people and relationships, uh, religious worldviews up and upbringings, and coming out of the 15,000 hour indoctrination camp known as public education, and uh, realizing that how horrible that system is and how badly uh, that it treats us and all of us, including myself and all of those that have been a part of it. So you know, a lot of the time what we find is that 
uh, people that are able to work through a lot of their preconceived notions or their presuppositions, their worldviews before, are people that have had horrible things happen to them, unfortunately. And it, this sort, sort of seems to be some sort of a paradox, like, so it's not a contradiction, but a paradox of, you know, it takes sometimes to be hurt, you know, or damaged or to be shaken up in order to start questioning things. And how, you know, how did this happen? How was I fooled in this way? What other things may I have been fooled on? And how far does this go? You know, so sometimes it might just be one thing. And, uh, there may just be one traumatic event or one a series of events such as in my case in your life that cause you to start really looking at things differently and questioning things and you know i think this is a good thing unfortunately it does require some pain and suffering along the way and i think humanity is sort of always in this state and uh, as a whole we're making this mistake constantly as well or you know we're going on this i don't mean to say we're making this mistake we're going on this journey constantly as well we're constantly brushing up against how far we can get outside the bounds of natural law or of our um you know what kind of conditions that we're going to create based on on what's on what's going on inside of us to a point where nature does you know fight back or we do have to learn the lesson the hard way and I would say that the spiraling up evolution of our consciousness should be that those lessons become less painful over time, but it's not required. It doesn't have to be that way. We can get so far off the path that the lessons that we have to learn are going to be, you know, catastrophic and it doesn't even, we, we could be even a species that doesn't survive through this event, you know, of our learning the lesson of our mistakes, which you know, should be a teaching experience and ultimately will be. And then hopefully we'll see the other side of it, really. So that's a little bit of the background on me and why I'm here speaking about this. And also, again, it's a responsibility that I feel that I have to raise up consciousness on these events, on these topics, on what we'll be talking about. And really, that's all it is, is is that so for me to be sitting here and look at me look at me live streaming on Facebook again the the reason for the live stream is uh, is a laziness thing <laughs> it's not even just laziness it's 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 an optimizing thing so that I don't have to do a lot of post-production work and I think it's fun to bring people on so if there is anyone that gets on the discord and has a question and wants to challenge something I'm saying uh, we can do that, and we can do it live. And uh, for me to be able to to uh, quote unquote perform live is a challenge and um, something that's exciting. And uh, you don't get to do it twice. You know, you don't get to sit down and say, "Well, I didn't say that right. Let me let me try it again." Like what's what's said is said. You have to be prepared up front, and so that requires a lot of organization and a lot of uh, a lot of. Uh, digging the ditches you know and getting down in, in the mud before the show goes on to make sure that you can just set up and execute which i think you know anyone who's an artist who's done live performances would understand that uh it feels good to, to get organized enough to be able to step up and do that now the other thing i wanted to talk about is before we jump into the slide deck 
is just that digging you know, the real, ditches, really you know, the same thing done. that this this is uh me working on myself for the most part and it's uh soothing and therapeutic to be able to work on uh stuff like this instead of let it just build up in your head when you're consuming this type of information and i can affect my immediate circle of influence by changing myself through the information being provided here and uh, that may ripple out further into further circles of influence and already has you know i have other groups of friends and people that i have been able to influence with this that helps them to avoid falling into the movement traps and then you know beyond that we we want to make sure that we're not uh promoting worldviews and presuppositions that end up causing nihilism um, or political libertarianism or anarchism go back and watch my last walk and talk on anarchy the source of the legal matrix and uh, you know we'll go into that much further as we go through the series we're going to end up hitting hard on the three uh, kind of pillars of things that I've been familiar with which is voluntarism anarchism and libertarianism and that will take probably like four to five episodes in this series before we get to that point so before that, we need to lay some groundwork, some preliminary, why have you come to this conclusion, you know, because I'm mainly trying to gear this towards those people in the, the movements that have fallen into the movement traps and kind of throw a rope, right, and help them get out of there so we can keep going along on the journey without just revolving around in these self-destructive cycles. And so, you know, don't jump to conclusions right off the bat with well he said that my movement is fake and i think it means this and blah 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 like this stuff is a lot more in depth than you might think and i think over time like people that are really seeking truth and that are honest with themselves will work through this this is like you know for me to spend so much time on these topics is kind of like well why are you just attacking the movements and why are you just kind of infighting and um, because I because I see people out there that have a lot of potential that are wasting their time basically um, not that they don't have lessons to learn uh, going through the, the things that they're going through but ultimately you know we I want to spend time on it because it's important to understand some of these things because they really help you later down the road so that we're not um, taking some of the fallacies and the uh, contradictory presuppositions and worldviews on with us into the higher levels of the journey. And so it's really a shedding away, a deconstructive phase before we can uh, reconstruct and, and build new things. You have to sort of stop and figure out. It's like if you had a business and the business went under. You wouldn't want to just like completely bundle it up and throw it away and then repress it in your mind and forget that that never happened. Like for a moment, that you may need to do that so that you can heal because <laughs> it's hard to shut down a business and I'm also speaking from experience on this and admit that it's a failure uh, and then for a moment you may want to repress that and, and forget about it we should always go back and analyze what went wrong and it's the same with our thinking it's the same you, you wouldn't want to just spend you know years in one worldview and with all these different presuppositions and then just completely throw it out and forget and act like you never did that and you know we need to go back and analyze how our mind did this how did our mind uh, 
go this route? How did we accept the, all these notions? You know, what was it in us that was that was doing that? Why were we so willing to jump on the bandwagon, so to say, right? And so that's exactly what this series is about. So with that, we're ready to go ahead and just jump right in. Again, this is the struggle for freedom, TylerBloyer.com live stream, part one of falling into the movement traps. Thank you for being here with me. And uh, I've had this slide in one of my live shows before, but again, it's just kind of a, a humorous way to look at this. Like, you know, I should always question myself what I'm doing here, and I should always try to, you know, chill out and be just a little bit more cool about things, not get too caught up in what I'm doing, right? And so it's kind of this question, you know, what are you doing? Are you here trying to liberate people with information and truth? Should you do that? Or, you know, should we just chill and let people, you know, accept their suffering as a natural part of their journey? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm on the fence with this. There's people out there that don't need uh, or that can't accept a lot of the things that are happening, right, in the world or within themselves even. And uh, they're going to remain children and, and remain in that state. Um, so for me, it's like looking and seeking for the people that are open to the information, right? That's the type of people that I like to work with and talk to. If I've figured out that somebody's like a nihilist and they're stuck there and they're not going to get out of that, or they're, you know, totally just keeping their head in the sand, Stockholm syndrome, like those are all probably defense mechanisms that they're using to protect themselves psychologically, right? So we don't want to go trying to shove information down people's throat that can't handle it right? And is it even worth our time to do that? Like if they're giving us all these signs that they just really can't handle it, or they're really not ready for anything that we're having to say, then, you know, are we the ones making the huge mistake not seeing that, right? And how much time are we going to sit and spend with somebody like that when we could be much more effective elsewhere? And so that's what I think the answer is not either side of this. Uh, this is a, you know, kind of a false dialectic. I think that the the answer is somewhere in the middle of this, and that's kind of what we're navigating and trying to find here. Right, so Aristotle says, tolerance and apathy are the last virtues of a dying society. Sorry, I'm bouncing around here a little. <laughs> Still getting used to the controls. Um, but you know, that's kind of the underlying theme of this episode, one of the underlying themes anyway. Uh, <clears throat> and like I said in that last slide, like what's your what's how much of how how much how apathetic are you about the conditions or see i need to find a better word how apathetic are you about the situation as it is the world as it is even in your own life even what's happening in, inside of you how apathetic are you towards the things in you that need to be worked on uh, the things that need to be addressed and uh you know of course this like tolerance society right where we have to tolerate every other thing that that could be a whole other episode in itself but you know we can see that clearly that we're we're being forced we're, we're being tricked and people are buying the message to that tolerance is the new freedom or something that tolerance is the new minority that we should just tolerate everything right 
And so what Aristotle is keenly noticing here is that these are fake virtues, right? And uh, well, obviously nobody would think, well, maybe some people would think that apathy is a virtue, um, but tolerance becoming this new virtue, right? So I think when he's using virtue, <laughs> I don't think he really meant virtues there. <laughs> So here, Arbuckminister Fuller says, The dark ages still reign over all humanity, and the depth and persistence of this domination are only now becoming clear. This dark ages prison has no steel bars, chains, or locks. Instead, it is locked by misorientation and built of misinformation. Caught up in a plethora of conditional reflexes and driven by the human ego, both warden and prisoner attempt meagerly to compete with God. All are intractably skeptical of what they do not understand. We are powerfully imprisoned in these dark ages simply by the terms in which we have been conditioned to think. Again, that's Fuller from Cosmography, Posthumous Scenario for the Future of Humanity, Part 1. So not a, not a quote that is as popular from our Buckminster Fuller, but nonetheless, I've been, you know, sharing this quote out for years and, and really thinking and, uh, about this. And, you know, it's absolutely right. It's a mental prison. I mean, you can talk about cybernetics and technocracy, but what he's talking about here is that it's, it's uh, the, our thinking. It's our thinking that's creating the prison, right? And it's our thinking that's created the cage. So what, 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 what must we change <laughs> in order to address that? I'll give you a clue. It's, there's the words in the slide here. Right? So it's not out there that needs to change. It's, so all the people in the movements, you know, not, not all 100% blanket statement, but Okay, let me break this down. The movements have the same problem of the same old herd as everywhere else. So all the movements might have like a few individuals within them that are really kind of navigating it in an individualistic manner and who are kind of using those communities in a way to propagate their message through people that are already identified as being in the secondary matrix or more open-minded people. Okay, people that have broken down a lot of the conditioning. So. I'm not 100% blanket statement saying that all the people in the movements and groups are like totally wrong and totally idiots, right? And they're obviously uh, not, and I, I think that we're hoping, and I'm hoping, that they're on a journey to get past the movement traps, right, and to start thinking beyond just the group think. And that's the issue with the movements, is that they have the same group think uh, dynamic as any other group does. So any other group out there that you know, when we're, when we're talking about Republicans and Democrats or the LGBTQ groups or the uh, libertarian, political libertarian groups or uh, neo-feminism or any of these different things that are going on. And, uh, you know, we analyze the group makeup of this and uh, group mentalities and, you know, look at Gustave Le Bon's book, The Crowd, and which is an excellent book. And we'll be getting into some Gustav Le Bon in, uh, when we go into groupthink and all that in the Falling Into the Movement series. But so they're not different in that way. And so I'm 
part of some new groups online that I really am excited to be a part of, but, you know, and it's supposed to be kind of this next level beyond all this stuff that I'm talking about, right? But what do you see? You see the same issues, you see the same dynamics, you see the same problems going on as everywhere else, even in the so-called woke communities, right? There's always those people that are like chanting the religious dogma, they're unwilling to question certain things that they're saying, and the guy that does come along and question those things is like ousted and enemy and X, put the X up above the, what's this guy doing? Trying? What is he trying to say that this is this? And, and immediately they're jumping to all these conclusions and ad hominem attacks and poisoning the well and misdirection and red herrings and... I mean, it's nothing new to me, so I just calmly weather the storm and walk through it with them. And you can always find the trolls or the disinfo agents by the ins the ones who are incessant, insistent on not budging, you know? Or they're just like a lost cause, and again, like these are the people that you should not be trying to work with. So usually you can get to the bottom of kind of like putting them where they're at. Are they trying to troll you? Are they trying to fool you or are they just kind of a fool themselves most people don't want the truth they just want a constant reassurance that what they believe is true and I couldn't source this to anyone directly but it's true nonetheless isn't it <laughs> that you know it's not about the truth and even even like science right it's not about the truth. It's about constantly keeping in place what has already been established as truth, which is not scientific at all, but this is how most people think nowadays. It's what they want to be true. That's what they're looking for, you know? They're looking for the information that gives them some reassurance of what they would like to see and how they want to see the world. They're not seeking the actual objective truth of things. They're just looking for a way to keep, you know, the thoughts and patterns that they've decided are the case in their mind, the case, and reinforce that, but never actually let anything in that would shake that up at all, because that would cause all this anxiety in my life, and oh, I would have to go through all this pain and suffering inside to deal with all those things that I've been suppressing and repressing, and I just want to keep it this way. And I, I've heard people say straight to my face, like, you can't accept me. You, you, you can't think that I'm going to change through this, like, with all this information that's coming out. And they're talking about specifically, like, in the post, you know, 90s, like, since the Internet and just uh, the complete shift in landscape as far as the information that's available to people like average people just like myself. You know, this person was a little bit older, and they just they're like, you know, in the boomer generation, and they're said, well, you really can't expect, like, my generation to change, right? And I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can, and we better, or otherwise, you know, enjoy the suffering, enjoy what the suffering that you're causing with that type of an attitude, right? And, uh, of course, Carl Jung and the Jordan Peterson, okay, I, I said I wasn't going to do that, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to go into the, to the Jordan Peterson thing. <laughs> Uh, Carl Jung put it, people will do anything, no matter how absurd, in order to avoid facing their own soul. 
So again, like I just said, you know, repression, suppression, avoidance, uh, reinforcing the the presuppositions and worldview that you were taught as a child even. I mean, we see a lot of these people out there that have not evolved past, like like I said, the, the formative years of their public indoctrination is still there, and they're basically stuck in some sort of learned helplessness, which is what the school system is designed to do. It's designed to instill learned helplessness and uh, uh, extended adolescence. That's what Common Core is all about. You know, that's what the modern public education system is all about. It's about creating people that are completely dependent on the state and the government. It's not about creating autonomous people who are free thinking and free, not only in mind, but, you know, able to reflect that out into the real world. That's the opposite of what the public school system is designed to do. And, of course, we're going to go into this in the future, so we'll save some of that ammo for then, but... Um, you know, we'll leave some show notes here. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll, leave, I'll put a link into the brain around this time in the references, so so I'm not just leaving a false, or I'm not I'm not leaving no trail there. And here we have Travis Walton who says, "I've become, I've come to realize that the biggest problem anywhere in the world is that people's perceptions of reality are compulsively filtered through the screening mesh of what they want and do not want to be true." So, again, and, and this, is, this is reflected in our institutions as well. You know, this is not just going on in people's minds. This is also what's happening outside in our institutions. Our scientific community or whatever, the appeal to the scientific community and the consensus of that is not about the truth. It's about reinforcing the current paradigm. Right? So, but Walton nails it here. This is exactly what's happening inside of people. It has nothing to do with seeking the truth. It has nothing to do with uh, even spiritual growth or self-growth self and knowing thyself and building selfhood and being an authentic person. It's about compulsively filtering the information that you're getting through the things in your mind that are already decided to be true and weeding out anything that challenges those things and only letting in things that reinforce your current paradigm which is the exact exact op opposite of growth that's death that's how you die in nature is by un you're unwilling to change your mind about things <laughs> right so and here we have, it is impossible to begin to learn that which one thinks one already knows. So just said it in another way, but, you know, I bust this card out on people that I'm debating with all the time because, it, again, just recently I was in a conversation with somebody about a particular book and the book was being absolutely completely refuted before the person had even read the book. I've had this happen all the time. Um, it happens with uh, the vaccine debate constantly, right? The people saying there's no information out there, even when there's just loads and loads and loads of information out there. They think they already know. 
so they're not going to go looking because they have it in their mind that they've already got it all figured out right so again this is the mistake that we're kind of weaving into this and it's going to get a lot deeper as we go into this episode but we're just kind of up front kind of giving the why you know a little bit of why is it that people are having such a hard time accepting information as it comes in that challenges their current worldview and paradigm and so Miyamoto Masashi says truth is not what you want it to be it is what it is and you must bend to its power or live a lie truth is not what you want it to be it is what it is and you must bend to its power or live a lie and then live in a death cult basically because it's not just living a lie like you will end up participating in the death cult in the in the opposite of life because truth is life you know it's what's real it's reality and so we can't live outside of reality we can pretend to and we can try to but let me know how that's going for you let me know how that's working out for you so Jiddu, good old Jiddu says you have been overcome and whether you are overcome by envy or by so-called noble influence you are still a slave and you are not free so he's just calling it like it is <laughs> he's just saying what's up here it's like yeah you're in your movement oh yeah you have your anarchist tattoo yeah look how awesome you are buddy you're still a slave you're not free especially you especially you wearing the labels especially you with the flattering title of anarchist or whatever it is which is just another against nature title it doesn't mean anything it means nihilism but it means it means under natural law it means under spiritual law no it doesn't it means no masters which includes self-mastery and self-government no it doesn't mean that yeah it does why can't it mean that because you tacked on your spiritual anarchist thing or your natural law anarchist thing well, that's tacking on to the definition what anarchy means is no masters no rulers it doesn't say except for self rulership and self mastery you're just adding that on there so again we'll go into more of that later but Jidu got it here Jidu good Jidu a high five all right, so this is my words here, and I've uh, mentioned this before, but the path to effectively addressing the causal factors which create our reality is almost completely lost. If we are honest with ourselves about the current human condition, we can summarize that the struggle for freedom is failing. The cybernetic technocracy of Luciferian death cult elite, or whatever you like to call it, is having their way with humanity. <laughs> So that's, you know, going back to my honest assessment of where we're at. And it's not to be negative. It's not like I'm laughing because I think it's funny that these this is true, you know. I, I'm laughing because I said, or whatever you prefer to call it, you know. It doesn't matter what you call it. We're getting our asses kicked, okay. And if you don't, if that's not your assessment, it doesn't mean that I'm not happy inside. It doesn't mean that I'm not trying to build an awesome life for me and my family to prosper and thrive and be autonomous as possible. 
It just means that this is the honest assessment of the current human conditions, and get over it. Even though we have been, you know, this is kind of like, however, even though we have been systematically dumbed down, indoctrinated, and held in a state of constant duress, and basically retarded from reaching our true potentials and full spiritual capacity to act as an agent for prosperity and truth, run on sentence, there is still an angst and desire to fix the human condition as it is currently, or it has been in the recent past. So I'm giving a little credit here, right? Even though that's all true, there's still a spark, there's still pockets of freedom, and we still have a choice, and we still are able to make a decision if we want to go fully into the matrix or if we want to try to get out of it and be at least in the secondary matrix while we move for larger and bigger pockets of freedom and more autonomy. It's a choice, and I do have hope for that. Otherwise, I don't think I would be here doing this. I don't think I'd be sitting here you know, spending my time going on a live stream and trying to put this information out there if I thought it was a total waste of time. I'm pretty sure I would just be packing bullets and getting my three favorite metals together, gold, silver, and lead, and uh, that's all I would spend my time doing. But instead, I spend a large amount of my time working on my family and then working on my community, which this is definitely part of, right? And this is archived for the future, and I will keep continuing to do this work, uh, like I said, as long as it takes, or as long, whatever amount of time that is, right? So, getting into the struggle for freedom here a little bit. We have Mr. Etienne de la Boite. <laughs> One never pines for what he has never known. Longing comes only from enjoyment and constitutes, amidst the experience of sorrow, the memory of past joy. It is truly the nature of man to be free and to wish to be free. Yet his character is such that he instinctively follows the tendencies that his training gives him. Let us therefore admit that all those things to which he is trained and accustomed seem natural to man, and that only that is truly native to him which he receives with his primitive untrained individuality. Thus custom becomes the first reason for voluntary servitude. Men are like handsome racehorses who first bite, and who first bite the bit and later like it, and rearing under the saddle a while soon learn to join, enjoy displaying their harness and prance proudly beneath their trappings. So, uh, we got a few more from Etienne here, but I wanted to not jump into those quite yet and stay here for a little bit. I've had this slide up before. A lot of it was like preluding to the struggle for freedom, which here we are, finally doing it. All right. But the voluntary servitude, a discourse of voluntary servitude. And I will see libertarians and voluntarists constantly, you know, sharing Mr. Etienne here. And, uh, you know, his book, his writing is, is, is wonderful, as you can see here. You don't have to necessarily agree. I mean, he was coming from the uh, French anarchist revolutionary time period, right? So a lot of the rhetoric is going to be sort of in line with that. This doesn't mean that there's not like Thomas Paine's out there and things that you shouldn't read from that period, right? Even if natural rights philosophy has issues, you know, 
reading Etienne here, he, he understood the psychology of, the, of voluntary servitude and that it's a voluntary thing and it's our actions and it's because of this historical thing, right? That we do kind of what our fathers did before us and we may change and alter things a little bit erratically, but ultimately like those primitive years and some of the foundational presuppositions and worldviews are not questioned. And even if that involves, you know, wearing a saddle and becoming like a handsome racehorse, which is really just owned and controlled by other people, we'll, we'll prance proudly beneath that, you know? We'll proudly put on our order-following uniform and go murder people in the Middle East because that's what my, my dad did, you know? And sadly, I'm living in a fucking generation where that is true, where you, your damn kids could be serving in the same war that you got out of. Your kids that you weren't there to raise because you're off killing people in the Middle East and protecting pop poppy fields in Afghanistan. Etienne continues, Similarly, men will grow accustomed to the idea that they have always been in subjection, that their fathers lived in the same way, they will think they are obligated to suffer this evil, and will persuade themselves by example and imitation of others finally investing those who order them around with proprietary rights based on the idea that it has always been this way. So, again, he's recognizing that it's not like we just come up with these ideas. It's entrained. It's indoctrinated. It's not challenged because it's custom. And I'm not saying that every custom should be challenged, but I'm saying certain customs should, you know, and I, I think, you know, like David Icke has a great story about that, about how his grandmother would cut the ends off a roast before putting it in the oven. And, you know, his mom also did it. And he asked her one day why she did that. Why do you cut, why do you cut the uh, ends off of the roast before you put it in the oven? Right. And uh, she said, well, I don't know. That's what my mom did. And he, they go ask her, well, why did you do that? And she said, well, because the pan wasn't big enough. <laughs> so the custom that was passed down that made zero sense, she's the, the mom is still doing, right? Not because she's a bad person or something. It's just like, well, that's what mom did, so I'm going to do it. Maybe you need to do this to let the, the roast breathe or whatever, right? <laughs> like, I'm sure she had some idea. But really, no, it's because grandma's pan wasn't big enough, and that's so she throw the roast in a pan and had to cut the ends off to make it fit. And so something that doesn't make sense for us to continue to keep doing, we do out of tradition, right? And like I said, I'm not saying so, so do away with all the traditions and just completely let's do it. No, no, there are things that we absolutely have to keep doing through that has been done through history and passed down to us uh, called wisdom. <laughs> you know, that's what wisdom really is, that there's false wisdom, which doesn't make sense, right? Which is cutting the ends off the roast to put it in the oven when you don't need to because you have a bigger pan now, a bigger oven. <laughs> so, again, Mr. Etienne de la Bretagne. <laughs> he continues, there are always a few better endowed than others who feel the weight of the yoke and cannot restrain themselves from attempting to shake it off. These are the men who never become tamed. So I'm get, you know, he's giving us a little hope again. So this this whole series isn't all just like this is how bad it is and guys it's getting pretty bad and we're just going to have to get in the storm cellar and get ready cuz it's bad. 
the whole thing is not that either. There's a constant, you know, alluding to the hope that's there and the people out there that we can still find and still work with uh, that are going to create the pockets of freedom moving forward. But there's always the but. Uh, yeah, that's I saw somebody say, are you sharing your quote slides? Yes. Once it's posted to the website, and I'm sorry to interrupt, I'm trying not to let the chat interrupt until the end of the show, but I don't mind. Hey, we're live. Why not? Yeah, slides archived on each post at tylerbloyer.com under the post, right under the video. You can download the slides and share them out freely. Don't I don't care what you do with them. Use them in your own presentations. Do whatever you want. Okay. So let's just start over here. There are always a few better endowed than others who feel the weight of the yoke and cannot restrain themselves from attempting to shake it off. These are the men who never become tamed under subjection and who always, like Ulysses on land and sea, constantly seeking the smoke of his chimney, cannot prevent themselves from peering about their natural privileges and from remembering their ancestors and their former ways. These are in fact the men who, possessed of clear minds and far-sighted spirit, are not satisfied like the brutish mass. The brutish mass. To see only what is at their feet, but rather look about them, behind and before, and even recall the things of the past in order to judge those of the future, and compare both with their present condition. These are the ones, having good minds of their own, have further trained them by study and learning. Even if liberty had entirely perished from the earth, such men would invent it. For them, slavery has no satisfactions, no matter how well disguised. Very good. But we know that there's traps out there and pitfalls. And we also know, myself included, Tyler, the one speaking, knows from personal experience that sometimes the struggle for freedom will end up getting you caught worse or attracting a really bad enemy to, to you. <laughs> Walk carefully, my friends, before you just decide to go flailing around, tearing apart your life uh, in the struggle for freedom. I would always be super weary of a period in your life where you feel like throwing everything out and calm down and take a step back and everything may still need to be thrown out but be careful how you walk that path be careful how you go down the movement traps because you might not come back you know I mean it doesn't have to be that you're on the right path sometimes you end up getting stuck worse and now you're not effective for anybody sometimes uh, you you become so worse off that you end up damaging more more people than you end up helping, right? Sadly, this is the case, and a lot of people don't get out of that. And I see a lot of people uh, that just got back from Anarchadelphia that I'm like, who the hell would want to listen to you? You know what I mean? Like you don't have your own shit together. And I'm seeing like these these streams from these people or these posts, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna have to go through that material. But like, who the hell would want to follow this guy? Like, not that anybody should be followed, 
But like, dude, your advice ain't even coming across right because you can't even speak clearly enough because you're probably still high from last night. I'm just being straight up with what I've seen in the last few days. You know? This is a problem. Like, we have people in the movements that are trying to act all morally superior because they found some group, some label to wear, and their whole life's in shambles. Like, they can't create a positive environment for themselves, even. Like, their own self doesn't have a positive environment, internally and externally. And now they're out there raging with their anarchy, trying to get other people to just change your life radically, come be like me. It's like, dude, I don't want anything to do with you. Like, you're, you look like a scumbag. And that's what you see. That's what the anarchist movements are full of. People whose lives are totally ruined and shattered. And so they feel like they finally found something that they kind of just default to because everything else in their life has totally failed. And so they're, now they're an anarchist. Now they're a part of a group who is really big on the constant, we're better than you. We are so much higher and superior. Why? 99% of you's lives suck. You're angry sitting at the desk all day at your keyboard, yelling at the computer or whatever you're doing. I don't know. I mean, there's just some scum in these so-called movements. I'll just get that out. Get, it, get that out of the way, you know? <laughs> Here we have someone who is not that way at all and who has definitely worked on himself to a point to cause a lot of positive change in the world, uh, Michael Tesserion, and this is one of the per uh, horsemen of my own personal apocalypse, I would say. He says here in his great article, An Address to the Dead, which I'll put in the resources, the emotionally mutilated taught you to despise your need for the care they were incapable of imparting. You grew to hate your desires and needs. You displaced your antipathy for these deceivers to wallow in self-hate. Then this hatred transformed into identification. You worship fools and liars, but despise yourself. Inwardly, you writhe in guilt and shame because you have negated your own precious selfhood. After a lifetime of beating yourself over the head, you find that you have no love to give. You were not able to lose your own identity in mom and dad, so now you get a chance to do so with Big Daddy. He's talking about, of course, Big Daddy, Big Mommy government. But he won't give you love either, because he is, too, an apostle of death. He, too, has murdered himself and put power in place of love. He, he's pumped up with each person or country he crushes and humiliates. So profound, right, here from Michael, talking about what we're really starting to get into here with this presentation is where the problem truly lies is in this disconnect from what they call the higher self or what he terms as selfhood or the imperial self. And the replacement of that disconnect and you know severing of that connection through the way that you were raised and the problems in our childhood end up replacing psychologically you know our missing mother and father figures with big daddy government and this is like 
the Republican and Democrat, you know, it's kind of like mom and dad, right? So one theory, which is interesting, I don't think it's 100% true or anything, but depending on which parent you may have had a major issue with would maybe end up depending on which grab, uh, party that you tend to gravitate towards, right? Where the father would be more like the Republican type, you know, and the mother abandonment issues would be re a surrogate replacement for like the liber the liberals, right? Where they're fawning their fake virtue and always wanting to fix everything and help everyone, even though they do it through a completely inauthentic manner, kind of trying to replace that surrogate mother that they never had, whether she was actually present or not, they can still have major abandonment issues, right? Uh, from the parental upbringing. So again, we're going to see this theme throughout that we're not just isolating individuals as they are now. Obviously, there's a connection to the past that we have to analyze to understand where we're at. And another great author to go through and read, uh, you know, some of his works, including The Anatomy of Human Destructiveness, which is a really good book, and the one we have here quoted, uh, Escape from Freedom, from says, These are the outstanding questions that arise when we look at the human aspect of freedom, the longing for submission and the lust for power. What is freedom as a human experience? Is the desire for freedom something inherent in human nature? Or is it an identical experience regardless of what kind of culture a person lives in? Or is it something different according to the degree of individualism reached in a particular society? Is freedom only the absence of external pressure? Or is it also the presence of something? And if so, of what? What are the social and economic factors in society that make for the striving for freedom? Can freedom become a burden too heavy to bear, too heavy for man to bear, something he tries to escape from? Why then is it that freedom is for many a cherished goal and for others a threat? So Fromm's doing a terrific job here of this back and forth dialogue, right? Which is it? And there's the questions, right? Is there not also perhaps besides an innate desire for freedom, an instinctive wish for submission? If there is not, how can we account for the attraction which submission to a leader has for so many today? Is submission always to an overt authority or is there also submission to internalized authorities such as duty or conscience, to inner compulsions or to anonymous authorities like public opinion? Is there a hidden satisfaction in submitting and what is its essence? So Fromm is getting us deeper into this because his questions are profound and I think he knows the answer or he's definitely probably got an idea, you know, that, well, the answer is that man is always trying to escape from freedom. That's the title of the book, uh, that we the freedom is too heavy for man to bear, and that it's much easier and much more comfortable in slavery, and that there's a lot more to it than just simplifying it like that, and that the uh, you know natural state of man should be to be free, but what what is it internally that is going on inside of us that causes this to not be true, and definitely not be what 
you know, we're manifesting here in this reality. And uh, here from the back cover of Arno Gruen's book, The Insanity of Normality Toward Understanding Human Destructiveness, he says, According to Sigmund Freud, man is born with an innate tendency to destruction and violence. In The Insanity of Normality, the psychoanalyst Arno Gruen challenges that assumption, arguing instead that the root of evil lies in self-hatred. Again, getting into the theme here of the struggle for freedom. A rage against originating in a self-betrayal that begins in childhood. When autonomy is surrendered in exchange for love of those who wield power over us to share, to share in the sub, sub, subjugating power, we create a false self, an, an image of ourselves that springs from a powerful and deep-seated sense of fear. Gruen traces this pattern of adaption and smoldering rebellion through a number of case studies, sociological phenomena, from Nazism to Reaganomics, and literary works. The insanity this attitude produces unfortunately goes wildly unrecognized precisely because it has become the realism that modern society inculcates into its members. Gruen warns, however, that escape from this pattern lies not simply in rebellion, for the rebel remains emotionally tied to the object of his rebellion, but in the development of a personal autonomy. His elegant and far-reaching conclusion is that while autonomy is not easily attained, its absence proves catastrophic to both individuals and society. So, you know, much more accurate than you're going to see spoken in any of these movements that you'll get caught up into, right? About what's really going on here is a is a matter of self-loathing it's a matter of self-esteem and self-respect that we are missing these qualities in ourselves and therefore when we go out and try to be autonomous or we go out and try to live in a world even with all these injuries basically these psychological problems happening inside of us that, that it's gonna fail and that even in our own rebellion and our growth for this and are reaching for this which is required which is going to be required you know we're coming we're coming up short the root the root cause is not being addressed the root cause on the branches of evil uh, is not being looked at and examined everyone is examining out there right what they're doing what are all these people doing that are causing the problem how do we fix these people over here how do we fix this political system over here? How do we fix this economic system over here? When really the root cause of these problems is self-hatred and an antipathy to the self and towards nature. And the connecting and healing back with the self and tuning in here and tuning in to the ones closest to you and fixing that environment is what's not being addressed. But the, what people are doing is smacking at the leaves on the tree, right? They're never going to get to the root. They're, they're smacking at the vaping. I mean, if this is even a real thing, but this whole uh, thing where they're trying to make vaping illegal because some people died, you know? Again, this is just, everybody is so ready right now to get on like anything that shows that they're a little bit more virtuous than anybody else, like, right? Like, so as soon as there's a story that comes out, it spreads like wildfire like that about the e-cigarettes and five people dying. It's like, they don't give a shit about people dying. People don't. You think that's the kind of, 
you know, negativity that's happening in the world that we need to address. You know, meanwhile, like anywhere from 180,000 to a million Iraqis were estimated killed in the Iraq war. And people could care less about that. Like I talk to people on a, on a daily basis. I've brought this up to people, even people close around me that I'm good friends with or quote unquote good friends with. They don't care, dude. They, they don't care at all about that. But, the, you know, we'll have these same people get all, oh, my God, the wall and the, the poor children at the wall and these, these mass shootings everywhere. There's these mass shootings everywhere where these, like, American white people are dying. You know, I don't give a shit because basically I understand the real violence that's going on in the world isn't even the uh, in the Iraq war, which is a lot more concerning to me, the 140,000 to the million people. But I know that it's the real hatred and the real violence is happening inside of those very people that are spreading this information about their fake virtue signaling and they're fawning for caring so much for other people and so much about other things when they could care less. They're not addressing any of the things that are going on in a real way, in a real authentic way. And what's really happening is the ignorance of the true self and ignorance of the real violence in the world including the wars, including the genocides, including the poisoning, including the outright, you know, murdering of our own children right here at home. That can all be ignored. But these five people that died from their vaping, we have to do something about it. It's like how shallow, hollow, and just dead are you inside that this is where you're putting your energy, you know? And actually going and telling people what they can put and can't put in their own bodies is more important to you than, you know, stopping the wars or stopping the genocides or stopping the eugenics operation that's fully ongoing 100%, 110% here in America, where eugenics was mainly risen out of what, you know, Darwinism and evolutionary theory really is. So here, Esther Vilar is probably the most honest assessment of what we really have, what we're really dealing with, with the struggle for freedom. Freedom is the last thing he wants. He functions, as we shall see, according to the principle of pleasure in non-freedom. To be sentenced to lifelong freedom is a worse fate than lifelong slavery. To put it another way, man is always searching for someone or something to enslave him. For only as a slave does he feel secure. The principle of pleasure. That's where we're at. We're in Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. We've got, you know, the, what's the, um, I want to say roofie, but that's not what it is. <laughs> uh, Damn, it's like it's like right on the tip of my tongue. What's the drug everybody's on in Brave New World? So so soma soma. Okay, that's what it is. <laughs> that would be pretty bad if everybody was on roofies. But that's where we're at. We're in Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. Uh, we're, we're you know, and a combination of that and Orwell's 1984, with the way that everything's in, in completely and entirely inverted. From reality especially in the mass consciousness it's like completely whacked out and upside down but why is that because we're all seeking the pleasure principle it's whatever makes us feel good is freedom 
quote unquote. Whatever makes me happy is what freedom is. Whatever kind of weird butt sex, transgender, unicorn, rainbow, pony shit I can come up with is what's happy and freedom. Living in my pleasure principle. Not anything that makes me feel bad like Tyler's talking about here on this show. And these psychological problems that we have to uncover and deal with. And, and other, torps, uh, other types of catastrophe in the world that it, that's happening and the mass genocides that are going on in, the, in my legal fiction name that I pay my little tax slave to my corporation to. None of that is freedom. That's all negative. I don't want to do any of that. It's the principle of pleasure. Well, that's why he's saying in non or she is saying in non-freedom because it's that's not a freedom principle, pleasure, life like like life liberty and the pursuit of happiness. How is happiness a, a principle, you know? It's not. It's ambiguous, it's too vague, and it leaves it open for saying that well as much butt sex as everybody wants out to have out there that's what freedom is and what kind of natural or way of you know harmonizing ourselves with nature is that and what's coming down the pipe with the pedophilia and the bestiality and what's being shoved down our throats what's definitely on the horizon here and what we're trying to avert with a show like this is to get people to start understanding that doing whatever you want like, this is kind of like the libertarianism thing. Just free markets and that'll fix everything. Do, doing whatever you want, whenever you want, and having nobody ever stop you, as long as it's not hurting anyone else, is not going to bring about more freedom. That's, that's like the stupidest thing I hear the libertarians say all the time. Like, if everybody could just follow the non-aggression principle, we'd be free. It's like, it's not that simple, bro. There's a lot of things that you can do that are in accordance with the non-aggression principle that are going to end up corrupting and demoralizing and making society a place that we just don't want to be in, right? And so there's nothing in the non-aggression principle that says that I can't just be a, a goddamn junkie all day. Like, I don't have time to do these live streams and try to help people understand this information because I'm uh, on heroin all day and I don't have time to, f to do any of that shit because I'm drugged out all day, but I'm following the non-aggression principle. I'm not hurting others. Well, is that really what's going to help bring about freedom? See, it's like a baseline. Like, the non-aggression principle is kind of like the duh thing. And then from there, it's all about responsibility. <laughs> like, don't hurt other people. Duh. Don't, you saying it over and over sounds so dumb. Like, that's the thing about these, the libertarians especially, and the voluntarists, and the anarchists definitely, right? They just preach this thing. Like, it's the word of God is the non-aggression principle, right? That's not enough. That's like... The no duh, no duh shit that you should know. If you're a spiritual being at all. If you're connected with your higher true self at all. It's like, it's like saying like, to be a father, I gotta help provide for my children. It's like, it's like if I create a whole movement around that. It's like, that's what you're supposed to do when you're a father. It's not like I need to go create a movement out of it. How about a responsibility movement? How about a movement towards more responsibility and autonomy? I'd like to see that. It's your non-aggression principle. 
The Struggle for Freedom. I read the title. <laughs> uh, what I meant to say was from, again here, uh, from the book that I did show, says the sick individual finds himself at home with other similarly sick individuals. The whole culture is geared to this kind of pathology. The result is that the average individual does not experience the separateness and isolation the fully schizophrenic person feels. He feels at ease among those who suffer from the same deformation. In fact, it is the fully sane person who feels isolated in the insane society, and he may suffer so much from the incapacity to communicate that it is he who becomes psychotic. I think this is like the poster child statement for the, the movements, right? That they're not refined enough. That we don't we don't have enough of a, and when I say we, don't get it twisted. I didn't mean to say that. You guys in the movements that are stuck there aren't having enough of the picture together to be able to go out and communicate what you're trying to communicate. And it's it's you who's going to end up destroying your life and hurt, hurting other people, harming others with preaching your voluntarism, which is just going to further enslave them. And go watch the voluntary slaves. And, in, and again, in like probably two to three months, we're going to be hitting hard again on voluntarism because uh, now we're taking a deeper dive into the struggle for freedom and falling into the movement traps. But once we hit that, we're going to hit it hard again. And we're going to show how it's actually a very harmful worldview to be preaching to other people. And I use the word preaching specifically because that's what they do, but they don't live it. They're not living what they're saying. They're just going around telling other people what to do, which is sounds really voluntary to me. Because they're in a false self. And here Glenn Partner says, We have internalized our masters, which is a well-known psychological response to trauma. When faced with overwhelming terror, the human mind splits, with part of itself molding itself after the oppressor. This is an act of appeasement. Look, the mind says in effect, I am like you, so do not harm me. As a result of the civilizing process, together with the psychological defense mechanism known as identification with the aggressor, or what I'm going to call Stockholm Syndrome, we now hear the alien voices of various representatives of the civilization in our heads. Because of these alien ego identifications, we no longer hear our own tribal primal voice. The machine in our heads. I'm gonna. I'll link that into the show notes too. I think that whole that whole thing is worth uh, reading through. I think it's an essay online. It's not like a full blown book. Um, but really interesting. Again, looking at this on a much more psychological level of what's happening here, where we're internalizing our masters, right, and identifying with the oppressors, and big brother and big mommy and big daddy government because we're living an inauthentic life that doesn't have self-mastery or self-ownership or um, sovereignty of mind and self-governance. But instead, you know, instead of, instead we internalize our masters and identify with them. This is also known as Stockholm Syndrome, as I alluded to, where we identify with our oppressor. Right, because of the overwhelming terror and the overwhelming amount of control that we understand that they have over us 
instead of trying to fight it directly necessarily uh, you know what we see in the brutish mass masses is that they end up just identifying and loving uh, this identification with Big Brother and end up cheering on the death cult you know as it moves forward and I think she does a really good job of, of working on that dynamic in that essay and again Charles Bukowski says I see men assassinated around me every day I walk through rooms of the dead streets of the dead cities of the dead men without eyes men without voices men with manufactured feelings and standard reactions men with newspaper brains television souls and high school ideas now this is definitely getting back out into the masses we're not you know now talking about any of the movements really necessarily but now we're just talking about the average people in the primary matrix not necessarily the secondary matrix on the secondary matrix you can actually get into some really good conversations you can actually learn a lot and they're still really cool people and really they're on the journey you know and they're just they happen to be caught up in something that all of us do along the way and try to get into these movements and stuff um, but that's a step and a level we got to get out of that but so Charles is here is talking about you know people out in the primary matrix though the people that are not on that journey on that path and he's just giving an honest assessment you know and this is definitely true uh, for anyone who's kind of popped their head up and in, in the secondary matrix one of the first things that happens is you realize how difficult it is to communicate any of those ideas out to the average person and then that becomes kind of the the journey in itself is to understand why that is and then how to do that you know how do we do that and how do we get these men that are assassinated around us and walk the walking dead basically out of their zombie-like state you know and that becomes a thing and then for someone like myself you realize that that's another movement trap and it's not about the masses and the masses may never accept or wake up or move on to any of this information so that's the other thing is that you know that's a movement trap in itself is to wait for the masses to have a mass awakening you know that's not gonna happen and definitely not here in, in my lifetime the idea is to push the envelope with the amount of freedom that you can accumulate in your own life and then push that out to others and create pockets of freedom where perhaps we can have communities of people who all have some kind of like a lodial title land ownership and are able to um, live under the laws of nature with each other and respect uh, each other in that way and you know people who have gone through this healing process that want to start to actually build it in real life and not like online uh, we can get to that point however one of the big reasons why we're not going to get there is because people are afraid to speak even the people in the secondary matrix they're afraid like in this slide I'm afraid of what other people might say do and think the enslaved right this is where a lot of people get to even who do have important information that they need to get out or share or whatever it is that you're nervous about doing and uh, they don't have enough self-esteem they don't have enough autonomy 
they've not developed a true connection with the self to understand who and what they really are enough to not care what other people think about what they have to say and you know not be so concerned how others are going to perceive what you're doing and you know I can speak to this because what do you think it's like for me to be putting myself out there you know in a way where you know I may or may not be received in the way that I thought I would be and people may not even give a shit and you know what I don't care about any of that stuff I really don't I'm going to be sitting here doing this kind of work for the rest of my life uh, whether anyone's watching or not I don't really care or if or or if the other thing of that happens and there are people that are watching or something or there's some kind of you know group surrounding around watching my show well you know same thing I don't really care whatever that's fine that's not why I'm here that's not what I'm doing that's not what this is about this is about taking a responsibility for the for the situation uh, that I find myself in and acting on it and transmuting information that I've come into into a, a actual content that can be consumed by other people to help them because it's been done for me so people have done that for me and I see the powerful effect it has in my own life when someone who's walked a path towards more freedom and prosperity and truth in their own life can plow you know sort of well now they can set a blueprint for how others can get started along that journey but we can't ever forget obviously that freedom is the path of the individual never any groups or collectives or gurus or online leaders or anybody that you're uh, really is even your mentor you know if we, we can't treat them like gods and and we have our own path to walk with that and one of the first steps is to break out of this to have to, to work on the self-esteem to work on the uh, questions of who and what we really are to the point where it's not about trying to get people to think something about what you're saying or whatever or the likes that you're going to get from this awesome Instagram video that you just did or whatever it is right it's about seeking and speaking and living in the truth but it is hard to free fools from the chains they revere as Voltaire says so I really wouldn't even do that like don't try to free the fools from the chains man especially if they like them they're gonna get what they want like they will have the pain and suffering that they deserve for their choices and I'm not going to go rubbing information in anyone's face trying to wave signs in their face trying to get them to see it my way or something right I'm gonna be me I'm gonna do me and I'm gonna be as free as I can that's what I'll do you know and if that rubs off on anyone else and hopefully it will especially for my you know prosperity or for my children and their children right then that's the goal I'm not gonna go around trying to sh wake the slaves out of the cave out of uh, the allegory of the cave right if they want to stay there and they think I'm foolish for seeing the, the world as it really is I'm not gonna go and try to like unchain the slaves who are probably just gonna end up fucking everything up for all the people that are trying to make freedom <laughs> you know what I mean and that's what you got to be careful of is like spending a lot of your time and energy hoping that the masses are gonna receive any of these messages or that the masses are gonna come around to things they're not and it doesn't mean that there's also kind of this paradoxical thing happening in this day and age where there also is an awakening happening 
there also is a lot of people coming across this information and it's profoundly having an impact on their life. And uh, they're, you know, we're growing spiritually as, as a race. We are. Humanity is going through a growth spurt. But at the same time, the masses are always going to be there. It's the same old horde as there was thousands of years ago. The same old horde is the issue that we have to be aware of <laughs> and watch out for, right? And learn how to operate, kind of like coexist in a way. It's like coexist with the slave plantations. Can we find pockets where that doesn't exist, make them larger, but not in a goal to like take over all the slaves, right? They want to be slaves. They're in a different spiritual path. They may even be psychologically not ready to handle what freedom really entails or able or physically able to handle physically even. I mean, look at a lot of the people out there. You have to be able to be fit even, you know, to just sit here and like talk for however long some of these podcasts are going to take. And it's not easy to sit in with an upright back and talk, you know, for four hours straight and have that kind of and then you know make sure during the week that you're taking care of everything else that needs to be done and on your day off doing something like this i wouldn't be able to do this if i was like way out unhealthy like all kinds of sugars and rock stars and not exercising and doing all that you know so just to be honest and look out there and see how many people do you think can even handle the responsibility of what it takes to create a free world to create freedom they can't they can't even physically do it you know what I mean? Let alone what we're talking about here. So Bothius says, Wretched men cringe before tyrants who have no power. The victims of their trivial hopes and fears. They do not realize that anger is hopeless, fear is pointless, and desire all a delusion. He whose heart is fickle is not his own master, has thrown away his shield, deserted his post and forges the links of the chains that hold him. So I've thought about this one a few times, you know, and it's like fear is pointless, anger. And I think he's just kind of being extreme and saying, you know, if you're not ready, then all that stuff is just pointless when your heart is fickle and you've deserted your post, you know, and then these people are, you know, they're just basically like doing exactly what Etienne de la Boite says, right? Or any of the other great quotes that we've had before this one in this series today. Falling into the movement traps. The struggle for freedom. Thanks for being here with me. TylerBloyer.com slash live. And uh, you can hop in to the live Discord server and get on the show as well. Uh, after the official slides here are up. Not sure why we went into that little <laughs> service announcement. Uh, PSA. But, you know, the, the he whose heart is fickle has no place in the struggle for freedom, has no fight in the struggle for freedom, and he just is going to forge the chains that hold him, you know. And in the movements especially, and the, of course the primary matrix, this is the case. Back to Arno Gruen, says, if people base their identity on identifying with authority, freedom causes anxiety. They must then conceal the victim in themselves by resorting to violence against others. So this is like across the board. 
doesn't matter if you're in the primary or secondary matrix we are all susceptible to this problem the responsibility of freedom can become so overwhelming and so overbearing that it's much easier to be in the group it's much easier to join the movement it's much easier to go to that conference it's much easier to jump on that discord server and get into the chats and the slacks and the telegrams and the facebook's and it's much easier to pretend like all these places are our avenues where we're going to be working on our freedom right and even in the dialectic i mean calling yourself an anarchist right i know what they're trying to do they're trying to say they don't no government as in no external government right well your identification is purely based on external authority <laughs> if that's what you're identifying with like your whole thing your whole life is based on the fact that the government exists you know so it's like it's always going to be there then because you wouldn't exist in your movement if that wasn't there right is it natural is it of nature is it of god's laws no it's all and it's all fake it's all artificial so even if you if you're in something artificial and you can't dialectically oppose that so your your definition of your movement is identified with authority whether you're in the primary matrix or the secondary matrix right it's about something completely different it's about a state that's completely separate state of mind i'm saying a state of mind that's totally outside of identifying with authority and calling yourself like the an the antithesis to the to the authority which ends up being contradictory you know no masters i mean at home why can't i say that why can't the definitions be no masters at home well that's what it used to be that's why everybody thinks anarchy means chaos because the anarchists were nihilists they were nothingness they were they were people that thought that there was nothing that everything was just chaos there are no laws of nature even so rebelling against nature itself was the original anarchist philosophy and now it's been morphed into something else just because people say so not because of what it actually means and that's ridiculous come on people this is what you look like and this is a this I, I was trying to figure out is this like a collage these people like or is this an actual picture either way it suits the purpose here of what we're trying to show like how confused these movements are and how effective they've been you know the next episode of the series I don't know if it'll be the next in the live stream series but the next in the series for the sh uh, struggle for or for the falling into the movement traps is going to be all about the failed movements and the Occupy Wall Streets and the we are changes and the 9-11 truthers and the you know hippies revolution and the, the French Revolution and the American Revolution all the different movements that um, really you know were coming from this authentic inauthentic place with with these people or misunderstandings or uh, wrong incorrect worldviews or just like dipshits honestly that are out there trying to cause all this change like really Occupy Wall Street ended up being like a giant like commie thing where like everybody thought that the problem was purely with Wall Street and wanted like some central planner to fix it all and run the economy or like nationalize it completely or I you know no real positive solutions came out of that whole thing
and uh, they didn't like affect any change that I can think of that was worth mentioning, you know. And these souls, these inauthentic souls, are the 99%. Yeah, you're right. You are the British masses, and you will always be there, you know. Like I said, these, the 99% are like 99% in the primary matrix and not going to get out. And then there's other people that are trying to get out, you know. And they're still in the secondary matrix, though. That's what also the, the title of the next talk is going to be the secondary matrix in this series. But, you know, that's what we see. We see people identifying with these crowds, identifying with the movements, and feeling like that's the way to go when it comes to affecting positive change in the world. And, uh, you know, the, the other types of movements that I've been referring to aren't exempt from this at all. They're this, this the same thing as the Occupy Wall Street people is starting to become that mo most definitely. And Pythagoras says, no one is free who has not obtained the empire of himself. No man is free who cannot command himself. Just again, going back to a good live stream that I did on this topic is like the consciously creating freedom, which is kind of really the solution here, is that we must uh, obtain self-mastery under what's real, under the truth, under the laws of nature, right? And we can command ourselves in that way, and we won't need to command others beyond that. We won't need to go and do anything else but continue to work here. That's where people need to work at, is in here, not out there. I know that it is really appealing, trust me, to uh, reflect um, on what's happening and then want to do something about it. And we can. We can do a lot of things about it. But almost all of it can be done uh, by searching and seeking internally, right, and connecting with that, rather than um, outside. Outside happens once you've mastered that, which is a continual process, and the outside path becomes very clear once you've done enough of that work. You don't need to, like, force it or anything. It just becomes that way, because you're going to live what you are once you discover what that really is. But Reich says, Wilhelm Reich says, mistaking insolence for freedom has always been the hallmark of a slave, or of this slave. So of course, you know, we hey look how different I am. Look at me and my group. Look at look at we're 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 in anarcho zona and you know look at my cool tattoos, man. Look at look at look at my what do they call that stuff that people are organ. Look at my organ that I'm making in my. Look at all my marijuana products. Look how free I am. I mean, I've met so many of these people that they're like in shambles, bro. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm serious. I'm sorry. There might be a lot of good people out there in these movements, but honestly, like what I've come to the conclusion of is like, if they've not figured out what I'm figuring out and trying to understand and or trying to get across here or even scratched at that, you really got to start to question like, what, is, what are they really doing? Like, and, and when they see their audience are these people that are like, 
not on the journey, not on the path, and they're just like seeking another guru. Man, I call those people snakes if they're taking advantage of that, or they're just not, you know, fully on the path themselves, or they they don't see a lot of these contradictions. They're not they're not smart enough to to pick up on a lot of the contradictions in these groups and to wear these labels. The smartest people you'll see out there in these movements don't wear labels, don't have a call that they're crying. That's the ism and the group and the thing that you need to join, or the label that you need to wear, other than I am. I'm a human being, you know. Yeah, I'm unique, but not because look at me and my awesome patches or my things that I'm wearing and the different clothes that I have, the different lay. Look at all this cool rhetoric that I got with my non-aggression principle, not NVC and voluntarism and anarchism and none. And what you got to do is just live according to this and that. And like they sound, they think they sound really super smart and intelligent. They're so different than all the brainwashed slaves and statists, right? But that's always been the hallmark of a slave, truly. And that's what I opened the show up with, kind of, was like the people that I've been seeing online post, like, this Anarchadelphia, the people that I've been seeing talk about it, I'm like, what the shit, dude? Like, who would even want, who are you trying to tell anything about, dude? Your life sucks. I mean, I, I said that again already, but, like, it's like, you know, somebody that can't even sit still long enough and scratching and looking like they're a junkie on, on the live streams you know talking about this i'm like what the hell is that so really it's about unslaving ourselves right because no one else can do it that's is that a label do you see a ism in here is there any movement i need to join no this is the simplified version <laughs> people can help you now don't get me wrong but it's like it's like I was talking to my buddy Richard Grove once having a beer out in Connecticut and he said I was telling him how much his work helped me out and he said no you helped yourself out I just did my own work right you took the information and integrated it and I was like it's one of those like oh young grasshopper <laughs> I feel so young wax on yes because he, he nailed it. It's like, yeah, that's right. And you can only learn yourself. Like, there's teachers, but ultimately they can't, like, force you to create the neural pathways and pay attention. That's why one of the most important things we can do and the, the best currency we can pay with is our attention. To pay with our attention to, to the things that matter. To wrap up, we have Martin Heidegger who says, Anyone can achieve their fullest potential. Who we are might be predetermined, but the path we follow is always of our own choosing. We should never allow our fears or the expectations of others to set the frontiers of our destiny. Your destiny can't be changed, but it can be challenged. Every man is born as many men and dies as a single one. I've shared this quote before. But I think it's ultimately kind of like one of those great solution end slides, you know. I mean, because you're in charge of your own journey. And you have to walk that path yourself. It's the path of the individual. Like when I had someone saying, well, how do we fix voluntarism? Or why don't you tell me your path? Or why don't you tell us how to, what the path is to liberty? 
And I'm like, well, I'm not going to, I don't have to, I don't, first of all, I don't have to tell anybody what the path is to liberty because it's unique for every person because they're in a different place than I am. They're in a different place than I started. There's no way we can be on the same path. There's an infinite amount of ways that it could go. For them, it's their path. For me, I feel like I'm walking my path now, doing this type of work, right? Focusing on these types of things. That's my decision. Those are the things that I'm doing and, and have immediately noticed more freedom and prosperity in my own life from the path that I've been walking, which is like, which is like the self-existent way of identifying what is correct when you, when you need to reaffirm things, right? Certain things. And as we continue to do that, and as we continue to walk that path, we will die having made all those deci decisions, whether it was sort of whatever they call unconsciously, which is like almost like not responsible. No, you're, you're still responsible for your actions, regardless of how apathetic and ignorant you, you and your parents and their parents have been up until this point in the school system and the way that it treated you. At some point... Yeah, you're in this homogenized mess. But once it comes down to it, in the end, every decision was yours. It was all voluntary and consensual on your part. Even if there was a gun to your head. Even if you say, well, it was all done under duress. I would be true to my principles. But what about these consequences that would happen to me if I did that? If I stopped paying my taxes, like you're trying to say that we should do, which, I, which is not exactly what I'm trying to say that we should do, I'm just giving this as an example. If I do that, there would be all this duress or maybe even violence or I'd be thrown in a cage. Well, doing the right thing doesn't, does not mean that you're gonna be safe, first of all. I'm not saying do anything stupid, but doing the right thing isn't like some guaranteed safety type of thing that is always gonna happen when you step into the right path or when you walk that path, you know, I'm, I'm, I, there's certain lines that I have that I know that I might have to make a decision on one day that might put my life at risk and that's okay. I don't want that to happen. Is it a fear? Yeah, but we work through that. And when it comes to that time, I will have already decided what the action is because I've thought about it enough. And so I understand that this is this physical reality is not exactly permanent <laughs> not permanent for this matter that i'm inhabiting now at least anyway and then it will not be here one day again or at some point you know and while i'm here i'm gonna speak what i need to speak and say what i need to say but if that if that comes to a point where it's my safety is becoming threatened because i'm walking in the freedom that i've decided to walk in i'm all right with that I'm willing to deal with the suffering or the imprisonment or the pain or the death that occurs and not for everything. And there's certain things that I even myself are definitely sacrificing based on ignorance, um, you know, being a prisoner and not being able to do anything about it or trying to get out of the prison, but not being very effective. Right. So I think. Martin Heidegger is ultimately saying that you're responsible for your own actions. And quit trying to say that it's this and that. And it, well, it's I'm I'm a boomer, so I don't have all the advantages that you did when I well yeah you do. And 
you can get off of your boomer bullshit mainstream media and you know Netflix and chill and shit and get back into stuff that actually matters and reading books and reading Heidegger you know or Nathaniel Brandon and start going through his work which I've done recently and really you know off of a suggestion from Michael Tesserion was to just go through my uh, Nathaniel Brandon's work which I've started to do and I, it's extremely profound and it's going to be extremely helpful for myself. I really appreciate the suggestion. And, I'm, and uh, you know, your work also has been tremendous to me. I don't think he's going to ever see this, but. <laughs> That's the last slide, uh, the official slide for the falling into the, or the struggle for freedom. I think um, looking back on this in the future is going to be a really helpful tool like I said, to open this series up. And now, um, next show, we're going to be talking about uh, the secondary matrix and the failed movements. So I've been using the word a lot because I knew there was going to be an upcoming show, and I'm trying to just kind of prep what I mean by that. What is the secondary matrix versus the primary matrix? So, you know, the secondary matrix is the people that are woke, whatever, <laughs> they're awake, People that woke up, man, and uh, are seeking the truth and looking for uh, a way out of this shit, you know what I mean? A way out of the, the prison, right? This self-created prison which we all live in uh, here on this planet. And the secondary matrix is a lot different than the primary matrix because we're aware of a lot more in the secondary matrix. We've been studying, right? We've been delving deep into these issues for years and years and years some people 50 plus years their whole lives dedicated to it right and then there's like the the younger crowd like me that have only been going for 10 to 15 years into the information but then you know there's a lot that changes along that way versus not doing any of that work versus keeping your head in the sand versus just kind of the football watching sports loving politician bootlicking average hot dog eating 4th of July American or wherever part of the world that you're in you know but this is where I'm from uh, 10 years of that versus 10 years of deep study is going to result in a completely different paradigm completely different worldview completely different understanding of nature and reality and so this is the kind of the difference between the primary and secondary matrix so there's a huge difference the reason I call it the secondary matrix is because even though that's the case, we're still largely ineffective at combating the system, quote-unquote, at taking on evil, basically. We're still aware of it a lot more, but we're still watching depopulation happen. We're still just watching the eugenics operation unfold right in front of us. We're still watching people beg and scream and get Big Brother and the Panopticon and the cybernetic technocratic control grid that's that's in place now and just the ratchets just being tightened you know it's still on us too and that's again why this work is even being done because it's not futile to get out and say no and that's what we need to do we need to use our voice to get out and speak against what's going on that's completely against nature and artificial call it out for what it is and say no to those people who are trying to aggress on our freedom and trying to aggress on our physical bodies and start to use this thing called the voice 
more in a correct and accurate manner and a very f sometimes even forceful manner to forcefully say no you will not do this to me and my freedom or to me and my family you will not take us and do anything what you guys are talking about doing in the media I'm not going to be very specific right here but on that journey if we're just falling into these movement traps you know anarcho-capitalism anarcho-communism straight-up communism socialism voluntarism anarchism libertarian politics libertarian party free market libertarianism these are all movement traps these are all things that aren't going to put us on the right journey and end up in the same group think because people get lazy I mean you you go through a growth spurt sometimes and then you get like halfway up the mountain and you get lazy sometimes and you end up camping halfway up the mountain because it's a hard 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 journey it's not easy no one ever said it was gonna be but to get stuck here is like being in high school still like you're un you're not even graduated beyond out of the kind of childish thing like just leave me alone and if it was only free markets if we could just do what we wanted it would be better no masters nah. it's like children you know that's not what it's about it's about responsibility to the truth and to freedom and to yourself right and to the true self the true God which is nature which is reality which is what's real that's what's the journey is about respecting and representing and worshiping not these gurus and these movements or the non-aggression principle or these stupid things that these people say that it's not that I don't want to be non-aggressive I don't want to be aggressive towards other people either but it's not like the end-all be-all of the golden rules of how we're gonna get out of this shit it's just ridiculous because there's so many things that could be done according to the non-aggression principle that don't have anything to do with creating more freedom so it's a stupid thing to think that that's like the highest law and principle of these movements and things is the non-aggression principle it's like like I said it's like 101 it's like well duh that's what it's like <laughs> alright that's the end of all the slides today so uh, so you get a nice little look at the background there since I don't think it was uncovered the whole time you know, each show I try to do a fresh take and the set will get better over time. Um, besides some of the basic stuff here, I probably won't change drastically over time, um, but I do try to update uh, some of the graphical look and feel. I feel like it adds more value to the show. So, uh, just like last week's show, or two weeks ago, last week I was on vacation, but I, I still did a walk and talk. I think you should go check that out based on what I was just talking about, which is anarchy, the source of the legal matrix. And I'm willing to have a discussion, a formalized debate even, and we can even come on my show, we can simulcast. And I don't want to get crazy and have an argument. I mean, I want to have a philosophical argument, but I don't want to have a, a screaming, yelling thing. I don't want to have somebody come on and just get mad or something. Like, if somebody wants to, st if they're, you know, super upriled and don't think they agree with any of the stuff that I've been saying and they're in these movements and they're really offended, um, put your arguments together, send me an email, tyler at tylerbloyer.com, and I'm willing to come on and talk about it. Let's hash it out, you know. But for now, head on over to tylerbloyer.com slash live, and on that page you can see the Discord link, 
and jump into the Discord server, and because because we're getting to the point here on the show where we can bring people on to do that now, if you'd like. If you'd like to come on and ask any questions about anything I just said, or you want to make a comment, or you have something else that you want to bring up, I'm willing to stray a little bit off topic, um, especially for the chance to test out the Discord server. This is the only second show where I've actually had it going, and uh, I haven't had a chance to see if it plugs into OBS okay and actually works all right, which I think it will based on the preliminary testing that I've done. But hey, if don't be shy. I'm not going to bite. Trust me, there are not a lot of people watching me anyway. <laughs> so I don't even worry about it, man. I mean, if, if that's what it is. Probably most people are just like, well, I don't even know who the hell you are. Why would I want to come on there? Because it's cool. It's technology, man. You can come on and talk on the live stream and will you know get you on the show and you can voice your opinion and if you're over there all disgruntled about anything I just said don't be mad man let's talk about it you know so what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump into a five-minute break and that gives me a chance to grab a drink you know take care of my natural needs you might say and uh, be right back and it also gives people a chance to trickle in there Currently, there's no one in the Discord server, which uh, is going to make it so I'll just kind of continue to go on with a couple things I had discussed today. It's no problem. And uh, we'll wrap the show up soon after that. But uh, again, five minute break, guys. I'll be right back. TylerBloyer.com slash live. Um, below that, there's some information, and uh, we'll talk to you guys in a minute. But doing the right thing isn't like some guaranteed safety type of thing that is always going to happen when you step into the right path or when you walk that path. You know, I'm, I'm, I, there's certain lines that I have that I know that I might have to make a decision on one day that might put my life at risk.
are back from break. Thanks for sticking around if you did. Through that awesome music. Total cheese, but total awesomeness at the same time. And uh, to summarize today's show, again, we talked about the struggle for freedom and why you know we may not be exactly winning this battle. And if we take an honest assessment here, uh, it's not that there are people that aren't waking up, quote-unquote. It's not that we're not uh, progressing, and it's not that there aren't good things happening. But if we look at the, some of the deep-rooted issues, whether it's in the secondary matrix, primary matrix, in the movements, or outside of in the political left-right paradigm, it's reflected all across the board that uh, the true problem in this situation has nothing to do well, not that it doesn't have anything to do. Obviously, society builds the individual. Society uh, helps create what we're seeing going on inside of people. But ultimately, it's this sort of inward, you know, re inward rebellion almost against freedom itself or against nature, right? That we ourselves are living sort of in a fearful state of freedom. And, uh, you know, we'll do all kinds of crazy things and we'll do, like Carl Jung was saying, anything to avoid facing our own consciousness, to avoid facing going through our own stuff that we have to work through. And so this, the last three streams have really been trying to get people to look at this and look at things in this way um, that the real work that needs to be done is right in between the two temples, right? And it's not your meme sharing and even like getting all involved in these different bullshit philosophies basically like anarcho-capitalism and other things like that that we're seeing the voluntarist movement basically the voluntarist crowd is a false path and it's really these uh, inauthentic is what it is these people haven't done enough work internally to be out there trying to preach the stuff that they're preaching to other people. And it sounds good on the surface sometimes, and they make it look really good. And there's a lot of people monetizing it now. Um, but it's not true autonomy, and it's not true freedom. And that's why I'm picking them apart, so that I'm not just saying what I'm saying now, like giving a scathing you know, comment and just casting it aside. No, I'm going to go on in-depth on why I think these things and say these things. And we're not going to get away with just having, you know, a small chat about it. Uh, I will be going, as I have been, deep into the psychological issues of, of these people, not only just in the movements and things like that, but also, you know, else all, all around in the primary matrix as well. Uh, and then we'll be going in and breaking down some of the actual philosophical worldviews, the actual presuppositions, the actual debates... And, uh, you know, we'll be bringing on people on the show at some point to help help emphasize these things. That it's not just me and my scorned thing that I had from being in movements. Like, no, I was having a great time. I was having I was meeting a lot of great people in the in some of the activists uh, activities that I was doing. And then I had to seriously question. And that was more painful than the, you know, than what people are trying to say that I'm doing now, which is. Oh, he's just mad because he had some bad experience with one or two voluntarists, or he's just mad because he his the group he was trying to be a part of didn't go his way. That's not at all what it what it was. I was actually 
uh, getting involved with all kinds of people in these groups and working with them and getting active and meeting a lot of awesome people and traveling around and so it was actually the opposite of what some people have already said to me online is like I think you're just scorned because you had like one or two experiences with certain voluntarists and it's like no that's not it at all it what it was is that I stopped ignoring the contradiction like I found contradictions I tried to kind of work through it and then I couldn't do that anymore and I realized that there was major contradictions in in the philosophical underpinnings I'm talking about the fundamental axiom of things like anarcho-capitalism or voluntarism or free market economics or um, you know libertarianism and things like that or like the thing that Adam Kokesh is doing or now we see like Derek Bros running for mayor I have people around here in Salt Lake that are running for mayor you know <laughs> to change things and yeah, I had to be honest with myself about the contradictions and that was actually a lot more hard that was a lot harder work than like I said that I'm just like scorned or something and that's why I'm doing this like just to get back at a couple people in the voluntarist movement or something like go watch again the voluntary slaves and that's not just a one-off like we're gonna get a lot more in-depth on the arguments and I think I will try to present them in a way that it's very clear and concise where the contradictions lie so that we can we don't have to ignore them anymore right so that we can just simply address them and move on that's the goal of this and then we will move on and then in the future of this show we could get off into realms that are completely different than what we're talking about here today this is just sort of a wrap-up a cleanup uh, tidying up of things that have been done and said even on this show or on my website or tylerbloyer.com you can go find probably places where I've contradicted myself in the past from what I'm saying now but that you know that's absolutely going to happen and I think the correct way to handle that is to correct yourself and be honest about it and just straight up say I was wrong here here's the correction and even if that requires like a treatise or like a whole new book or like that's gonna be a whole presentation in itself of just how this whole this thing that you were saying before that now may be incorrect and that's what I'm attempting to do all the time with within my own head obviously first and foremost and then if I'm going to put out work about something I try to trying to validate it as much as possible and have the tear down and the conversations with others even before I start to put out the work and I can get it as refined as possible right but I'm gonna have flaws I don't have it all right now I don't have the whole encompassing picture right now I have pieces of it I have parts of things and I've got enough of it to start to speak on it I've got enough even just wisdom and actual experience with life and certain things that I think younger men or younger women could find useful um, could find useful information before actually making a lot of the mistakes that I've made and one of those things that we'll talk about a little bit here today is um, building a family and <clears throat> beyond what I've kind of focused on in the last episode and in this episode which is working on yourself asking who and what you really are uh, discovering the answers to those questions or seeking them anyway seeking the answers to those questions and then uh, doing all the activism and things like that inside and becoming a master of the self and then building out from there well when I'm saying building out from there what are we building a lot of people want to go build a community or build they, I hear a lot of people talk about community and they try to build online circles of people 
groups or even local uh, people that can meet up and do these different things. That's all fine. I mean, it's not all fine, but it works. I think what I'm getting at, though, is that what we should be working on building is a f our family. We should be working, especially, and I'm, I'm a man, I'm a white male, so I'm the most hated person on the planet right now. And I talk about conspiracy and alternative research, so I'm even, even more of a radical extremist. And what I'm about to say is crazy and radical and extreme, but I think that men should be trying to build families and protect and provide for their families and uh, do that to the best of their ability and that should be their 100% focus and that is my 100% focus besides what you can clearly see me doing now which is the only other real work I do besides all the other things that I said first and foremost working on myself and cleaning up my own act and cleaning up my own self-control and self-esteem and responsibility and taking on as much responsibility as possible at all times every day and doing what I say when I say I'm going to do it and being where I said I was going to be when I said I was going to be there and meeting with that person when I said I was going to meet with them and getting that food for my family and paying those bills for my for my family so that we can have a place to live comfortably and then improving on that situation this this is what we're talking about we're talking about building out from there you have to to build healthy children you yourself must have a lot of self-love and self-respect which I've been working on myself for over a decade after realizing how corrupt and broken this planet is and kind of lifting the veil on my own you know poisoning and my own uh, inability to see things clearly because of my indoctrinated beliefs and unchallenged beliefs and kind of learned helplessness state that I was in and it's been a journey since then and I have a long way to go but I can be an example of someone in this movement quote-unquote in the freedom journey who has built a positive family and has a happy family of good people that are doing things that are good for our children, that we're raising them ourselves and homeschooling them and not putting them in the indoctrination camps to be mutilated and broken and, you know, injured like everybody else with the vaccine injuries. Like basically everybody now is like half retarded, it seems like, coming out of these school systems. Some major medical problem or some brain issue or some learning disability, so, so called. So I'm living what I'm saying and it doesn't mean that I'm hundred percent off the radar and I'm you know I am I wouldn't I wouldn't even dare to call myself awake why because I'm still in the legal fiction I'm still in the legal matrix I have not found out a way easily or not even easily that's the wrong word a way that I can navigate at this point where I'm at that exits the legal matrix so I'm still a prisoner in the legal matrix or you could call it a slave you could call it a prisoner you could watch the prisoner series if you want to be real woke <laughs> and try to understand what's being talked about in the prisoner series because uh, the whole idea is that even if you're in the secondary matrix you're still a prisoner basically especially if you're operating in, in a legal fiction um, in any way like the, the government corporate tax slave wage slave, stock market traded, federal district of Columbia, you know, lab rat that we all are, 
because none of us are actually protected by the Constitution, all you constitutionalists out there, all you, you know, freedom-loving Americans out there. We're not the, the people. We, the people, is the ruling separate elite class of people that own all of the citizens of the federal government of the United States. A citizen is a slave. A citizen is a voluntary slave, tax cattle, basically, that's how it's defined, who has no constitutional protection. Legally, you're not constitutionally protected by shit. The, the, we the people, the capital people is not us. It's the Congress and the people who own Washington, D.C. and operate that place. It's not, and it's not even in America. That place is a separate alien foreign country that's infiltrated our landmass with their socialist communist propaganda and satanic agenda to lower the wor world's population and lower their IQ levels to be good little slaves that the ruling families on this planet can continue to rule over. That's what you are if you're in the legal matrix, right? So you're either aware of that and somewhat of a prisoner who can't get out of it but would like to, or you're a total slave, don't even understand that you're a slave, and probably even love your slavery because it's so much more comfortable and nice and pleasant than actual scary, dangerous freedom that requires so much responsibility, right? So that's where things are at with your citizenship status. <laughs> all, all it does is make you a slave and a lab rat who's able to be experimented on. So there's no rights granted or protected for you. There's no rights that anyone's trying to protect for the average American citizen. Because that's not how it legally works. What I'm saying can all be backed up by how the legal system actually works. Do your study on common law. What's that versus man's law? Do your study on natural law and the laws of nature and the difference between those things and common law or the laws of nature and start to understand that we're not operating in, a, in reality we operate in a fiction everything of man everything that man creates is fictional it's artificial it's not real it's not of nature it's not of God and your citizenship you know fa flattering title status is the same thing and so really it's all just piracy like all of it's just corporate piracy in legalese to attempt to control your mind basically government means mind control from the word gubernare to control and uh, mense or mens mense mind uh, so government gubernare mente is to control the mind that's what it's there to do so if we're self-governing that's great because we can we can control our own mind right we can govern ourselves and control our own selves but if if the external government is in control they're gonna be in control of your mind that's in, in first and foremost what the government is going to be in control of is in control of your mind which is why things like you know you see like uh, one of the one of the ten planks of the communist manifesto is that the state should run and control the education system and there's a big reason for that it's because if they control the public education system and control the things that are taught or not taught in that environment or even the structure of how teaching occurs or how 
authoritarianism is looked upon. Because ultimately, you know, authoritarianism in any form or fashion is immoral. And it, it, is, uh, it is something that causes harm. And it, it has to always be backed by the threat of violence or the use of violence against other people. And so therefore is, is immoral. And so the only way to get people to act in a way that's immoral over time and to buy it and to believe that it's okay is to indoctrinate them in the school system. And that's basically what the school system is designed to do. Regardless of any of the other crap that you learn in there, the main objective is to make sure that you understand that authority is always correct and to always listen and not question authority. To not use critical thinking and to never uh, challenge authority. That's what the school system is designed to do. And uh, the people that are in the water, like basically under this spell of mind control of government, can't see it, right? Because they don't, it's like a fish in the water doesn't question the water necessarily. The fish in the water doesn't necessarily uh, know what water is, right? So the one that's under mind control doesn't know they're under mind control. That's the thing. So if you are in that system, you're really unlikely to question it or believe it when someone like me comes along and tries to explain the stuff that I'm saying. That's why I would turn you to the ultimate history lesson to Richard by Richard Grove, um, the interview he did with John Taylor Gatto several years back before he had a stroke, like right before he had a stroke. And uh, get into that interview, which will... If you follow up with the reference material and sources and links in that, that's enough. If you're doing your due diligence on proper research uh, out of that interview. But then you could go further with the Peace Revolution podcast. Um, you could go further with Charlotte Izzerby's work. Or if you want the um, academic material, go for Anthony Sutton's work. Um, Anthony Sutton was a tremendous researcher who wrote like scholarly articles and books it wasn't for like the masses to read necessarily and so the books are going to be more dry and like academic appealing um, but that's something that's definitely worth going through um, or at least definitely collecting and if, you, if you're only going to thumb through at least do that with Anthony Sutton's work but there's there's some interviews out there online um, of Anthony Sutton that are like a, a good so I'm, I'm going to put him in the show notes here so we can you know, back up what I'm saying here with this, with the uh, uh, public education system. And we can, I'm not just talking again about something I'm not aware of. I've done like 10 years of research on this. And I have a lot of material and a lot of things that I can share. And it's not like we're not going to do that. And we will. But I know for anyone that's like first coming across that type of information, they're like, okay, he's just saying that the school system is designed to do this and that. And that like, what when I say things that are my opinion, I try to clarify something that's my opinion. I'm, I'm not saying that's an opinion. That's a fact. <laughs> you know, th these are facts that are in well-documented, well, well-documented well facts. And here we have Vernon Howard who says, The man who does not know what it means to be under psychic hypnosis is probably already under it. <laughs> And then that picture of uh, Keanu with the, huh? <laughs> like, I, I made this one, which it usually says, like, what if the fact that I don't know I'm brainwashed is just proof that I'm brainwashed or something like that? So I wanted to bring that up, you know, while 
I was talking about this because it's true what Vernon Howard is saying here, right? That, like I was saying about the fish in the water, like the, the guy who's been intentionally apathetic and ignorant towards new information and, and also is one of these beaten down, enslaved, brainwashed, public indoctrinated, vaccinated, fluoridated, poisoned people, schizo like schizoid almost, totally nuts person who's under total mind control, which remember the word government means mind control, a government worshiper, he doesn't know that this is what's going on. Why? And he looks around and there's all kinds of other people just like him, right? And uh, plenty of people that are perfectly fine with the, sit with the condition and the situation as it is. So then how can he be wrong? How can the man who doesn't know that he's totally brainwashed know that? I mean, everybody else around him is just like he is, right? So that, that's kind of the idea of what I was getting at with the public education system. A lot of the people that I get into conversation about the public education system is the first time they're hearing it, like they think I'm totally like not bad crazy, right? And I have to provide the information if there's someone that can take in the information, someone that can understand what I'm trying to present to them because I have it available to do that. It's just that like most people are completely going to refute what you're saying before they've even ever looked at the information. I'll tell you that much right now. But anyway, I don't have a ton of other things to talk about today. I think I'll quit while I'm ahead because of the way, you know, there's no one in the Discord server, so we can't have anyone on the show. That's fine, no problem. Uh, we'll get there at some point. I'm sure somebody will trickle in during the show and we'll get to see what it's like to have another person on this show until then I'm just going to keep presenting the material um, as I'm able to put it out so like I said next week if possible I'm going to start hitting some work on the struggle for freedom pretty hard if I can't get to it maybe I'll just do a walk and talk or I'll I'll do a live stream and and uh, or if I can bring somebody on the show from outside or we might mix it up with something to give me a couple weeks to kind of round the edges on this struggle for freedom or I mean sorry the secondary matrix the next episode in the series of falling into the movement traps so we're just going to continue to do this work live we're just going to continue to put out the information uh, in this format i really like myself how it feels and how it's going and the, the look and feel to things and again i've joined up communities recently online that are going to help me to continue to improve my presentation skills um, not just like in a visual format but like here like this this issue of me uh, needing to work on my the way that I present. I'm not saying I'm going to change my style or anything like that, but I'm always Im improving how I can deliver things and how I how I can provide the information. So, anyone who's watched uh, this far along into the show, I really appreciate your time and attention for being here, and uh, I will look forward to talking to you guys again soon. And you know, I'll be back uh, next Sunday with some material, and during the week on my social medias or my website, I'll I'll give an announcement of what that's going to be. Uh, again, take care, everyone. Thanks. Have a wonderful day. I'm going to go spend some time with my family this afternoon. Uh, we have some fun things planned. So thanks. Have a good one.